Welcome back to The Driven Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Nicholas Crystal, a fellow YouTube creator with a million subscribers, also in the self-improvement niche, and we talk about YouTube, storytelling, how to build an audience, short-form versus long-form content, how to take control of your vices, and also a bit of dating. So let's get into it. This is the second episode, maybe, the third, I don't know, but uh, I'm currently in Medellin, Colombia, and now we have Nicholas Crystal here with us on the, casting, on the casting couch. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, for those who don't know, Nicholas has a channel with 800,000 subscribers now. It's like 950,000, I think now. Oh. It's like almost a million. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. You haven't uploaded in a while. I haven't uploaded in like, I mean, I have uploaded actually three months ago, but I'm kind of like in a big YouTube break for a year now. But I don't know, it just kept growing, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, yeah. just my, my dopamine detox video, which is like my most popular video, it just like kept getting views. And yeah, that's why actually the growth of my channel still kind of like continued, but now it's definitely flattening down right before the million. So I will definitely have to get back to YouTube to hit it. Yeah, quick context for anyone who doesn't know Nicholas, self-improvement creator from Germany. Yes. We look the same, some people say. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a few comments. But I think it's people from from uh, from Asia or India, yeah, you know, yeah. who for, are like for, for them all of the Germans look the same. Yeah, it's like a blonde blue eyes. You look exactly like him. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, I don't. But um, yeah, yeah. So self improvement creator, you talk a lot about dopamine detox, productivity, but also filmmaking, storytelling, and currently you're making a course about storytelling, yes. which is why you've been on this big hiatus. Not because you are, you know, traveling and having fun, but because you're like deep in the hustle of creating this massive course, which I'm curious how the end product is going to look because I, I've, you know, I've seen some behind the scenes of you talking about the course and you know how much work you put in. So it's 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 wild. Um, yeah, we can talk about going on YouTube. We can talk about storytelling. We can talk about uh, social media detox stuff like that. Productivity sure. and um, yeah, uh, YouTube. You 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 took off really quickly. Hey. Like it, it... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like it's kind of always very quick for creators. I feel like many creators kind of like work in the dark for a couple of years and nobody watches their videos. They have like, I don't know, a couple hundred, couple thousand views. And then at some point it just takes off because one video suddenly just kind of like goes viral and then people just explore all of the other videos on the channel and then it just goes super quickly. I can see it all the time with other creators and that's also how it was with my channel, I guess, as well. Um, as soon, I, I already built up some sort of following with like videos about like capturing videos with drones and filmmaking. But then as soon as I posted my video about doing a dopamine detox for seven days, that's where it basically just like skyrocketed because that video just completely blew up. Now it has like 12, min 12 million views, which is crazy to say. And yeah, from that point on, I don't know, I just had like a very strong community with like a deep connection. And yeah, ever since that point, it just went up. Yeah. So I think for you, it's, it's obvious why you're successful on YouTube. Like the videos are great. Cinematography is great. The things you talk about and how you structure things. Um, yeah, what do you, I think, I think there's a lot of people watching that are thinking about becoming a creator or they, they are a creator and they're trying to get the channel to take off. Uh, what do you think is like missing for those people? What Quite frankly, I think I think like the main skill that I'm about to teach in my course is the skill that's missing for most people. Because I feel like a lot of people, at least who are like very filmmaking based, like a lot of people are getting lost in the filmmaking technicalities and they're just focusing on creating 
like great images without real depth or without a story in it. And quite frankly, YouTube is just about making people care about the topic that you're talking about. Yeah. And I feel like too many people just don't pay enough attention to the story that they're trying to tell. Um, they just like get lost. They don't have a good structure. They don't know how to build up a little bit of tension. They don't know how to give the viewer sort of like an overview before the re video really takes off so they know what to expect, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that storytelling is like 100% the, the skill that is going to yeah, help people improve the, the quickest when it comes to YouTube. I think especially the space that you come from, which is the videographer yeah. space. I remember seeing some people um, who are in that space talking about, oh, I love storytelling. And yeah, like here's, here's one of my videos. And they, it's basically a, a travel montage or it's like a montage yeah. of like a specific country. And I'm like, exactly. there's no story here. It's yeah, like, exactly. no, no, there is. There is a story here. Like, <laughs> no, there isn't. Like, what's the... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of the main issues, in my opinion. There's just like such a high emphasis on the visual aesthetic of videos when it comes to the filmmaking space. So people just focusing on doing like the right camera movements, doing the craziest color grading, getting a good rhythm, picking the right music, doing sound design, all that stuff. And they just get lost in it. So they don't really focus on the core, what people care about, which is the story. Like nobody's going to watch a video just to look at some beautiful images. People did that maybe like, three years ago when it was kind of new. But nowadays, nobody really gives a shit about watching some like nice slow motion shots of a travel montage. So yeah. you really need to just like step it up and like talk about some sort of story that people can relate to. And that, yeah, just makes it much more interesting to watch, I guess. And I mean, you yourself, like, I feel like you're also really good when it, <laughs> when it comes to storytelling. Like yeah. you always try to kind of like outline a couple of points that you're going to talk about. So people already know there's some sort of structure but then like you obviously don't reveal them from the beginning and then you just reveal them one after another. So there's like always a little bit of tension. Okay, what's going to be the next step? So yeah, yeah I think you're also like doing, doing good storytelling in your own videos. Yeah, and I think uh, for, for the videography people, storytelling is missing oftentimes. Yes. For other people, other things are missing. Yes. Um, so I actually had a conversation with somebody um, about that earlier and I think we talked about it last night too. Um, well, I talked to, with another friend about it. Some people just aren't storytellers. Yeah. And now they learn about YouTube and they're like, oh, it's all about storytelling. And they're just not a storyteller. Like it's not a talent for this. It's not a passion for this, but they're like, oh, let me do this now. And I think there's so many other ways you can succeed on YouTube. Um, for example, somebody like Alex Hamozi, I think the best content was him sitting in his closet and just like being like, there's like these 10 things that I learned about money. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Right, so that's, that's, that's another way to succeed. But obviously you're focusing on the, you know, the storytellers and the, yeah. the videographers and, and those, those people, right? Yeah, I think, I think there's just like different approaches when it comes to creators on YouTube. Um, you can either provide value, which is kind of the content of Alex Mosi, just straight up giving business, business advice to other people. You can like provide entertainment so people watch it to just like be entertained or you can create content to inspire other people to take action. Yeah. Um, I always try to kind of like do a little bit of each of them. And yes. I think that's what like what makes my videos maybe stand out a little bit because I'm trying to give some sort of life advice. I'm also trying to make it entertaining. And most importantly, I think the highest emphasis is definitely on making other people inspired and taking action to change something about their lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you can succeed in each of those three areas. But still, I think that 
some sort of storytelling skills are always going to benefit you. Oh, no yeah. Matter, no matter like which one you pick, I guess. Yes, yes. I mean, even when Alex Hamosi talks about a point, yeah. he tells a story yeah. to make that point count. And there's actually a really good um, speech, from a video online of Tony Robbins in, his, in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, when he's breaking down how he does public speaking. And Tony Robbins is the world's number one public speaker by far. Nobody even comes close. Yeah. You can't show me anybody who is even half as good as Tony Robbins at public speaking. I didn't step on a stage yet, but let's see. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm just, we'll I'm see. just kidding. I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. Kidding. Shots fired at Tony Robbins. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? You're like the, you're like the I'm, ter- I'm terrified of going on a stage. Yeah, it's actually yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. that I have never been, but sorry. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done a little bit of it. but So basically, he has this video where he breaks it down, right? Yeah. And... Um, I th- he breaks it down into chunks where it's like 70% of your speech is just why. Yeah. Why what you're about to tell them is really important. Yeah, yeah. And then 10% or 15% is like the, the actual how. Mm. And then 10 or 15% after that is attack and confess, which is basically like, oh, but what about this? But what about that? But, you know, and basically you handle the objections of the point that you just mm-hmm. made. And that's, that's something I've been sticking to as well when I try to make a point. Even when I'm talking to somebody, tell them a story first. So that then they know why it's so important that they change yeah. it, right? Or they, they do something and then tell them, okay, here's what you, what you should do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I think it's super important. I mean, nobody's really going to be willing to listen to you um, if they don't know why they should listen to you. Like, like what is the value in, in it Like for me watching that video, I guess? Yeah. Um, so I think it's always important to just like tell them the reason why it's going to be important for them. And yeah. I think that's also like how I always start my videos by yeah. showing them somehow how this video is going to benefit them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you have to start with that, especially when you're teaching something. Yeah. Like, here's why this is important. Yeah. Here are the stakes and and you not learning this thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because I also broke it down in my mind and like what are the different ways that people are successful on YouTube and one of them is teaching, like yeah. you said. The second one is entertainment. And then the third one for me that I've identified for myself is relatability. Yeah. Because there's some videos on YouTube that didn't fit into either bucket, they didn't fit into entertainment, they also didn't fit into education. Um, but it's, you just watch somebody who talks about a problem that you have as well, and yeah. they don't necessarily give you a solution, but they just make you feel like you're part of, part of it. Or I think Emma Chamberlain, you know, Emma Chamberlain, yeah, yeah. Or creators like that, she's, she's kind of entertainment, so she does fit into that bucket. Yeah. But I think that's also, that's one, it's one value that you can add that other people can. And I think when you are, whether you're creating a business or you're creating a YouTube channel or anything for somebody else or, right? Um, you always got to think about where can you win? Like where are your strengths and where can you stand out and what, where can you compete, right? Because I'm not going to make better videography than you. That's not a way that I can compete with, you know, people that are like crazy good at cameras. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at competing at other things, right? I'm also not gonna be able to compete with Alex Hamosi on advice. Yeah. I can't compete on that. He knows way more than I do. Yeah, yeah. And he's gonna win that. If people wanna learn something, they wanna learn direct things, they're gonna go to him. The, the relatability piece, I think, is the strongest piece for me. And based on an audience survey that we did with the viewers, um, we asked them, hey, why do you watch our channel? And that was the biggest thing that stood out. Which is yeah. like, oh, I just feel like you're just another dude, and 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 I I can trust you, and you know, you know, yeah, I yeah, one hundred percent. I can relate to you. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's still 
most creators still fit into one of those three buckets, but relatability is just one of the best ways to make people a part of your journey and yeah. to just basically, basically like, to just like, they feel like they learn with you instead of you preaching to them about something. And I think that's yeah. super important. So that's, in my opinion, also like just a storytelling tool as well, relatability that, yeah, I mean, I do it in all of my videos. You do it in all of your videos as well. Like nobody's really willing to, to listen to a random dude on the internet just preaching stuff if they don't have anything to show for it. Alex Hermosi has like a, a couple hundred million dollar companies, so everybody's going to listen to him. But for us, we don't really have too much to show. And that's why a lot of people wants to be a part of the journey and they want to figure things out along the way instead of just getting all the, the things that they need to implement. So I think there's like, I mean, relatability is what really builds like a connection of a community. That's why I think like that the audiences of like people like Emma Chamberlain, of people like me, of people like you are much stronger than the community of, for example, and Alex Hormozy because people come to him for value, but people come to us for, because they have some sort of connection to us. They relate to us and they build up a connection to us. And that's why they, they also care about just like watching us as a person, watching us fail, watching us succeed. Um, so, so I think that, yeah, relatability is basically just an additional tool to basically, yeah, just transport that value and inspiration on eye level instead of preaching to other people. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think I could do better on my channel? <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, that just popped up in my mind. I'm... Okay. That's a good question. Advice for your channel. I would honestly, I would need to like analyze it a bit more in depth. Um, I think that you kind of like have a formula that you always work with. Um, and I think it could also be nice to work with some different approaches to keep it a bit fresh and to make it fit to like the specific topic you're talking about. Instead of always saying, okay, I have like three points that you're going to learn in this video and I'm going to reveal one of them after another. Yeah. Um, I think that there could also be like very different approaches when it comes to how you create your hook, how you tell the overall story to just like spice it up a little bit. Um, I think that's one part to just like bring a bit more variety depending on the topic. Um, I think that you already like do a great job when it comes to telling stories because I think a lot of people, like I think we all of us know that you have to show some sort of experience in order to teach something, in order for people to really care about it and in order to make it interesting, right? We have to tell a story, especially in self-development. We have to go through an experience in order for people to actually understand, okay, like this is how I can do it. And I think you'd already do a great job at just like sharing relatable, vulnerable moments in between where you just basically like point your camera in your face and you say like, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Um, I'm going to see, maybe I, I can change it in the next days. And this is what really makes people engaged in following because they, they cheer for you, you know, like they want you to succeed mm. and that's where they really relate to you. And, and I think a lot of creators don't do that. I, like, I think a lot of creators get lost in that polished look of just like creating the best shots and just like trying to pretend to have everything figured out, but we don't have everything figured out. And I think... That's like one part where I also personally connect to your videos because you basically just share the honest journey and that's what I do as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just coming up with compliments but nothing to prove. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, what are you currently struggling with? What I'm struggling with? Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily about, not, not about storytelling but in general. Like in what general? I'm, yeah. What I'm struggling with, I think it's the monotony of my day-to-day -day work when it comes to developing the online course. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's a lot of deep work. Yes. A lot of scripting and yeah. filming and you have such a high standard for yourself and what yes. you create is like... No, 100%. So yeah. I think 
like before, I was always creating YouTube videos, working on a project maybe for like maximum two weeks. Most of my videos, I do them in like one week or something like that. And um, it's just been a massive change to suddenly say, okay, I don't have two weeks of work and then I get some sort of like feedback or some sort of dopamine back from it. But now I'm basically just committing to, I don't know, I think by now we've created more than 50 lessons. I've written more than like 400,000 words of scripts and there's nothing I see. Like I'm not getting any money back from it. I'm not seeing any impact on people yet. Um, there's basically no dopamine coming back for the work I put in, you know? And that's really, I don't know, I think it taught me a lot about real discipline, you know? Like not discipline that is based on approval or any external stuff, but like real discipline for the sake of just like showing up in order to make this big project come to life. Wow. Um, and as you said, like, I think the, the tasks that I have to do, the activities are like some of the most, like you need to be extremely focused and they require a lot of energy. So it's like, I'm either scripting, I'm shooting lessons or I'm feedbacking lessons, like these three things. And like scripting is just like an act of creating something out of nowhere, basically just writing all day long. Mm. Then the other part is like shooting, just talking to a camera for eight hours straight, reading text from a teleprompter. So it's not really like, it's definitely a different, different work compared to creating a YouTube video because you can be a little bit less creative and it's just very structured and what is the best way to teach other people? That's what you need to think about. So yeah, I think I, I struggle a little bit with like, just not having any form of like creative expression that I used to have before with my YouTube videos. Um, plus also just like a little bit of lack of energy sometimes because after filming for six or seven hours a day, you just can't perform on a high level anymore. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, so how many, how many hours do you work a day? Like how much, or how do you structure your day to get, get a lot done? Um, so, I mean, I always get up at 7 a.m. Um, get my breakfast, everything. I start working at 8 a.m. And then I basically take care of a couple of organizational things that need to be done, just getting back to my team members about different things that they need input on. And then probably around half past eight or nine, I start really like with deep work. That's where I either script or shoot or whatever. And I do that probably for around, let's say like four hours. And then I have lunch and I do a power nap to just recharge a little bit. Nice. <laughs> and then I'm just getting into the next deep creative block and I'm working for, again, like probably like three hours straight or something like that. Yeah. Maybe a short break. And then depending on how much energy I have or whether or not I go to the gym, that's how I decide if I still keep working. But I would say in general, I try to kind of like do probably nine hours a day, sometimes eight hours a day. Um, before, like, when I was working on my YouTube channel, definitely happened that I also, like, worked longer. But now I just, like, understood that this project is, like, a marathon. And there's just no use. Like, you, you can't perform more than eight hours of, like, on a really high level to, like, create your best output. And especially when it comes to tasks like shooting and reading stuff from a teleprompter. After eight hours, your, your system just shuts down and you have to, like, redo takes over and over again. So it's just, like, not efficient anymore. So yeah. I just try to put in eight solid hours of work every day and then it just adds up over the long, long yeah. run. When I, when I work too long, I create anti-work. Oh, yeah? Which what, is, that? and I think a lot of people do that. Um, especially you, you push yourself more and more to work more. Yeah. And your brain's just not functioning. Yeah. And it's not just that you, let's say you record a video and it's just not as good, you're not as sharp. 
but I end up making a lot poorer decisions, yeah. which create projects that are just completely wasted time. Okay. And then you work on a video for a month with the whole team. Okay. And you started off with the wrong foundation. Yeah. It's yeah. the wrong title and thumbnail, the wrong topic. Yeah, you just yeah. didn't have enough good ideas and enough of a fresh mind to make the right decisions, right? And that's the case in any business. Yeah. You know, you, you make one wrong decision in any business and you create months of work. Yeah. And if you worked less and you had a clearer mind, you wouldn't have made that decision. Exactly. So you create, anti, you create more work for yourself. Yeah. I've done this so many times to the point where now I, I'm getting stricter on the hours I work. It's like I'm not allowed to work this time. By yeah. this time. I'm yeah, not allowed yeah. to work longer than this. I did that also. I mean, it shifted a lot for me when it comes to my routine. I tried out different stuff. So I also did it like this, where I just have specific work times where I work and then other times I don't work. Um, I, I guess now I keep it more open, but I definitely see the point of just like making poor decisions. So I think especially if you have to make a lot of big decisions that impact like large scale projects or like a lot of, like have an impact on a lot of time of a lot of people then it's super important that you're like completely focused. Yes. While if you, I don't know, for example, finishing the edit of a video and you're just doing some color grading or whatever, then you don't need 100% of focus. So I think you always need to think about when exactly you do the very important tasks, I guess. Like decisions like that, I would only do it in the morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even then, I feel like when you're not rested and you're just, you've just worked all these long hours the days before, Yeah. I think it, your mind needs some empty space to just close some tabs. Yeah. Um, again, that's one of the best ideas to pop up too. Because so much of this is counter, it's counterintuitive. When you're like working all the time, um, everything seems so overwhelming. Yeah. And it seems like, wow, there's just so much mess and so much yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. And then when you take a week off or you take a long weekend off, you come back to it and you're like, oh, this, this is actually, I just need to focus on this and on that. And yeah. the rest is actually not really important. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think you you quickly get lost in the mess of, of tasks if you just like uh, never take a, like the time to step back and just observe it from like a bird's eye view, I guess. Yeah. So it was the same for me. Like, I mean, um, I created a video about that. This is like the hardest project I've ever worked on. And I got kind of like burned out a little bit, I guess. And it was the same thing. I was just so, like so involved in just working and like, okay, I need, to, I need to somehow catch up with all the time that I lost on the day before and just always, yeah, basically just trying to make up for the tasks that I wouldn't be able to complete on the day before. And at some point, you just like completely lose sight and it would make much more sense to just like take a day off, reassess yourself, think about what are the main topics I need to tackle right now and then just go in with a clean mind because, yeah. I, I think the same, like at some point you just make poor decisions and you just get lost and overwhelmed. And that's been happening to me as well throughout the course. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you struggling with at the moment? What else am I struggling with? <laughs> um, I mean, work is definitely like one of the biggest parts of my life. Uh, I put a high priority on it. Um, another thing I'm struggling with, I guess a little bit is just dating. I think it's really hard for me to date because I'm basically switching my home base. Basically, I'm switching countries every six months. So I just kind of find it hard to, to find a girl with a similar lifestyle that is also passionate about something. Um, so yeah, that's been, I guess, like a part that I've been struggling with. But yeah. yeah. How, 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 like how far did you get? Like what, what's been the challenge? Was it just that you didn't find girls that were traveling? 
or able to travel? No, or? so I get no. Like so far, I guess it was more that I dated girls who didn't have a freedom of location, so they weren't able to like. There was like no option for them to even like join because they were in uni or they were having like a fixed job at a fixed location. Um, but I think there's also like the other side where there's like girls who are more like living the influencer lifestyle and they just want to travel like every week, which is also not what I want at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to get so done. I want kind of like something in between. And I feel like very few people live a lifestyle like that. Uh, I'm sure that there are people, but um, I guess I've also kind of tried to purposely restrict myself a little bit from dating in order to stay focused on the course. Because I just know that right now I'm not the best person to be around because I just like I'm just prioritizing the course over everything. Um, so yeah, I guess like these are the main points. Um, yeah. I, I always tell myself that like when once the course is finished, I'm going to put like a much higher emphasis. I'm going to go I don't know to different creator meetups and whatever uh, to put more effort into it. There's only like a thing that I've been observing over and over again when it comes to my work, which is always just like setting goals and saying that when I reach this goal, I'm going to like adjust a few things in my life, the things I'm not happy about. Mm -hmm. But it just kept repeating over and over again because the new the new goal is already around the next corner. And I'm yeah, sure you yeah, know yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I always call it just basically like postponing your happiness into the future. Um, so you basically say, okay, like once this course is done, then I'm going to have financial freedom. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to go to all the places where I want to go. I'm going to start dating more girls, whatever. Um, but yeah, probably like a month before I launched the course, I already have the next project in my mind and then it's just going to continue. And that's something that I'm really trying to work on. Like before it was always goals that maybe lasted for, let's say they had like a time period of maximum two months to achieve, I guess. However, the course is like the first project where I'm actually seeing like, okay, I'm investing like more than a year, probably one and a half years into creating this course. So now it strikes a little bit differently to really see what I'm sacrificing for a future outcome like that. So I feel like I hope that it finally made click in my mind that I actually changed something about it afterwards. But yeah, that's definitely something like that's, I think, the, the biggest topic I'm struggling with in general that uh, I just kind of like postpone my happiness into the future by setting too large goals. And I'm wondering if it's the same for you. No. Really? Let's let's talk about you again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's so the whole dating thing for me. I've postponed it like crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So after my my last relationship, I went through a six month period where I was like, I'm gonna be celibate, not gonna date or anything. I need to get over this breakup. Yeah. And it takes me it takes me a lot of time to get over a breakup, um, not because not because I'm like trying to get back with her or anything that I would never never do that, mm -hmm. um, but just uh, yeah I just don't get excited about other people so I was like cool I'll just be celibate, I'm gonna focus on myself focus on the business, and then those six months were over and then I was like mm, I got so much to do let me just yeah. let me just extend it more, <laughs> and then I extended it more for a few months and a few more months and then. And and um, yeah, then I've I've recently got, yeah I've gotten back into dating now yeah. earlier this year, but um, I haven't nearly put put in the time necessary yeah. to to find someone long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's all been it's all been very casual, and yeah, um, yeah that's uh, dating is hard too, especially nowadays. Um, but I don't want to I don't want to use that as an excuse. I don't want to use that as an excuse. But it has become harder. And people have 
everyone has gotten more busy. Yeah. I think people have gotten, uh, I don't know, just less open. Like it's, a, it's either got to be an absolute yes, everything is great or no, mm. right? Whereas I think the right approach for dating or the better approach for dating is as long as there isn't a clear no, let's give it a chance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I always, I don't know if I told you this story, but um, I've had an, an, an ex-partner mm-hmm. who um, before we started dating, we were friends and I saw her uh, swiping on, on Tinder mm-hmm. or Bumble or whatever, right? And there was this perfect guy there, right? I remember sitting next to her and basically looking through it with her. And this perfect guy, super good looking, was making good money. His bio was funny and humble and he was cool and he had friends and everything was great. Mm-hmm. And she swiped left. I said, why did you swipe left? What did you, this guy was perfect. And she was like, yeah, his teeth were kind of small. <laughs> I was like, wow, what? It's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that's one of the criteria that you have. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have, I have two, well, maybe three criteria, but they, they're really two because you, you can combine two of them. So they must be growth-minded, yeah. which includes they must be very health, very much into health, which I think those go together because yeah. they, they're not going to enjoy being with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, they, they, they have to be, and I think for you too. Right, it's like because yeah, we're into that, definitely. and it's just it's just a way of life. Yeah, it's just um, how we operate. And um, the second thing is, she's got to be intelligent. I gotta have, be able to have some really good conversations with her. When it comes to looks or any of that, like oh, she has to be blonde, she has to be this. No, I don't, mm. dude. I'm. She's pretty cool, but I don't. I don't have like a physical preference. Mm. Like as long as she's healthy and you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's just like what happens through dating apps. There's just like so, so much more priority on the looks, and that's where small teeth can outperform <laughs> yes. all the other good aspects, I guess, uh, because people yeah. just obsess off like over small things uh, when it comes to visual appearance, uh, definitely. But I think, yeah, I think it's a good approach what you said, basically, just like dating people until there is like a clear no, because I've seen it with a lot of like girls that I've dated. The longer you date them, the more you actually develop a good understanding of them and the more you develop a connection to them but still it can sometimes come that there's just like a clear no where you say okay like this doesn't work but then you'll actually need to make the step to to cut it off um i think that's that's what happens to a lot of people they just get lost in the comfort of a relationship and they say like yeah it's okay and i have like a person to hang out with and share my feelings with and all that sort of stuff and then they they just like get comfortable in it uh, even though they know okay this is not going to be the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. And I think that's something that I've really realized in the last few months. I've always dated girls for like periods of maybe like five months or something like that. And I already knew that I'm going to leave and that it's not going to work out because they don't have any freedom of location, but I still dated them, even though it just doesn't make sense because right now I'm not going to adjust my lifestyle to a girl. So that's something going forward that I just want to change. As soon as there is a clear no, like there's a non-negotiable, which definitely doesn't make the relationship work for me that I actually walk away and say, okay, I'm going to keep trying until I find a person that's actually compatible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, so dating is one thing you struggle with. Then the, the, the course thing. The course, the dating, and what I said before, I guess, with just like setting goals and sacrificing the present moment for it. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's just like a recurring pattern that I always feel like I don't have enough time to just like enjoy the process, but I'm too fixed on on the actual outcome. Yeah. And I'm fixed on the next goals. Yeah. I feel I've gotten I've gotten pretty good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I'm in creation mode. And I love it. It's like this. I want more, and I I enjoy the the building. Even though you know we're we're currently going through some challenges and everything, and the last six months have been rough. Yeah. In terms of views and everything, and building a team, and then there's challenges there and here. And but I'm learning so much, and I love that. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and recently, I started embracing that more because I feel like a lot of people in my like in my peer group or just even online there's a lot of people that uh, feel like oh you should be more balanced mm. like you know you should be more this you should, shouldn't be so intense yeah, yeah. I was like oh yeah maybe they're right um, but no <laughs> that's who I am yeah okay. and I enjoy it I think it's and a I'm, huge debate like, and I'm like leaning should you more be balanced should you not be balanced yeah. should you be obsessed should you not, not, not obsessed exactly it's like... I'm leaning more into that now because I'm like that energizes me and it, it's not like I'm doing this because I have some childhood trauma and I'm just I'm trying to be happy. No, I, maybe this is where some of it started, but I'm happy with it. I'm like, this, this is great. Yeah, yeah. I love being intense. I love going after my goals and like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and when my friends want to go out and let's get a boat and just hang out on the lake. I'm like, what are we going to do there? We're going to be on the lake. It's like, why? So it's fun. It's like, and, and they, they think I'm boring. Or it's like, oh, Leon, you just need to enjoy yourself. It's like, no, I am enjoying myself, just doing other things, right? Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know. That, that stuff's not fun to me. It's Never? not fun to me. Never? No. It yeah. depends. If, if I'm with people where we can talk about interesting things and, yeah. and, and business and goals and like yeah, things yeah. that energize me, then yeah. yeah. But we can do that anywhere. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I have fun. Like, uh, the wedding that I was at last night, so we're currently in Medellin, Colombia. I was invited to a wedding. That's why I'm here. Amazing. So much fun. Yeah. You know, I didn't drink any alcohol. Um, I was blissful through other substances, <laughs> but healthy substances, gluten-free, everything, right? <laughs> but it was, uh, it was great. I had so much fun. It was amazing. Yeah. So I do have fun, but um, I also have fun just talking about business and just... Yeah, for sure. With that stuff. And, and you know, there's a lot of... And that's where I can relate a lot to Alex Famosi. Okay. Because a lot of people try to change him. Yeah. A lot of people comment on Leila Homozi stuff and they say, wow, she really, she, she really needs to, I don't know, have some balance in her life and, you know, like enjoy her life. And she's like, no, she is living her best life. She loves what she does. Alex Homozi loves what he does. He just wants to play the game. Yeah. And other people look at it and they project what they think is right. Yeah, yeah. And it is right for most people. Most people need balance. And I, I want some balance too. I want, I want to have happy relationships. I'm hanging out with a lot of friends. I'm, I have a lot of great friendships and I nurture them. And that's great. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's really important to find out for yourself where you are on the obsessed to balance spectrum, I guess. <laughs> it's like... I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know where exactly I am. I mean, for many years, I was definitely completely on the obsessed spectrum. I guess I still am. But I've definitely let that come close to me. Where Other people tell me, hey, like, you're just working all the time. Like, this, this, this is unhealthy. And, and I'm creating videos about me struggling because I'm working too much, you know. And then I'm, I'm just telling myself all the time, man, I need some sort of balance. I need to do other stuff, you know. 
And it's the same for me. Sometimes I just don't enjoy it. Like there has to be a reason for it. It has to be some sort of purpose attached to, to the things I do. I just don't do things without any reason, I guess. And yeah. um, so for me, it's definitely like, I'm not completely about obsessing because I think it can also be destructive to, to yourself. And I think the more you obsess, the more you sacrifice relationships and your health and other things. So I think you always need to kind of like remain an overview of all the different pillars in your life. I try to already bring kind of like balance into my life by going to the gym, even though other people would say that's also kind of like obsessing over building strength, whatever. So I guess it's every person needs to figure it out for themselves, to be honest. And they should just stick to what they really think makes them happy instead of letting other people tell them what to, what to do. Because yeah. there are some people who just enjoy chilling on the couch and doing nothing and they're happy with it. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't just like project your own values on these people and say like, hey, you have to work, you're a lazy piece of shit, you're worth nothing. Yeah, yeah. And there's other people like Alex or Mosey and you shouldn't tell them, hey man, you should go on a vacation because you're working way too much. It's like, yeah, exactly. Figure out what you need to do. Yeah. And, and, and then just like stick to it. But yeah. I, re I remember this comment that I once got from somebody. Uh, and it was like, I don't know, they were reaching out to me about something along the lines of like, hey, Leon, I think uh, I know I should be an entrepreneur, but I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really want to be. And, you know, I feel like I'm wasting my life and, and all that. And, uh, you know, and. I wouldn't be accepted and all that. And I'm like, dude, no, you should totally shouldn't do that. Yeah. If you don't want to be like, you know, and I think a lot of people, they, they see what other people are doing and they always think that those people expect that from you as well. Yeah. yeah. It's specifically in self-improvement. Like I think, and I want to make that very clear on the channel too, that it's, it's about living life on your own terms, right? Like what would make you happy and doing that. And Personal growth happens in all sorts of areas. You can be a mom, craziest personal growth journey, right? You can be somebody who just says, I just want to be the happiest person I can be. That's a crazy personal growth journey. Yeah, right there. for sure. doesn't matter how much you achieve and all that. The only thing I don't respect is when people don't live a life true to themselves and what they really want. Yeah. That's the only thing. But for if sure. you know what you want and you're going after it, that's when I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. At all. You could yeah. be, I don't know, on the streets and just like living the present moment. Like, yeah, no, for, right? For sure. So I, I, I think a lot of people look totally at people like agree. us and they think that we have judgment about that. No. No. No, I think it's the same. It's what I said. Every, every person is different. Every person needs to figure out uh, what they want to spend their time with and what their calling is. Yeah. And, and I, 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 think, I think it's extremely difficult for, for people to navigate through this just like mess of expectations in our society because there's so many expectations, you know? Like people see us, people see any entrepreneurs and they think like, I need to achieve something in my life. I need to make my parents proud. So it is like, especially in the young years, it's just like way too many expectations that you don't even know how to figure out what you want to do, you know? Yeah. And I think it really takes many years of just like, yeah, looking into yourself and, and reflecting on, on what you want in your own life uh, to just live true to yourself. So... I think it's actually a hard journey, to be honest. And uh, I think that like no person who's like 18 years old is going to be there. There's just like way too much expectations all around you. And um, I think you, you just need a few years to, to really work on yourself and figure out how you can listen to yourself over the expectations of other people. Yeah. If you're happy, you've won the game of life. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. That's it. You, you don't, need to, don't change anything. It's great what you're doing. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. I love the, I love the journey of building the thing that I'm now building mm-hmm. over the next 20 years. Yeah. It's just exciting. Yeah. And the people that I get in touch with, the topics I can talk about and all that, it's just so fun. Yeah, it's yeah. like learning new skills, improving here and there. It's like, it's like a game. Yeah. 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 You know, and I love that. And, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm jealous. I want to get back into YouTube, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm missing YouTube. Like, I think it's the same thing, you know? Like, it was basically just me thinking about, okay, what topic am I thinking about the most right now? What topic, what do, what do I want to improve in my life? And let's, make, let's turn this into an experience and share my takeaway with the audience. Yeah. That's how I always approached it. So making videos for me was just like kind of like a an audiovisual journal in some way where I'm documenting my life and I'm sharing my takeaways on life. And um, yeah, I've, I've really missed to just like share my feelings, share my emotions, share my takeaways about all the stuff that I experience. And yeah, therefore I'm-, I'm You like, can do it now. <laughs> yeah, I can do it now at least a little bit. <laughs> yes. At least I have some people listening to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I definitely, I definitely like miss that creative output. I mean, I've done it with like doing one video about the course where I at least like shared a little bit what's happening in my life right now. Um, but I definitely want to have some sort of creative outlet um, yeah. to, to just like share what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the thumbnail for the podcast should be split. <laughs> half you, half me. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your biggest vices? My biggest what? Vices. Vices. Yeah, you know what a vice is? No, can you define that for me? So vice is basically a guilty pleasure. Ah. Something that you're like, so a vice could be alcohol, a vice could be okay. women, a vice could be okay. anything, right? Like somebody's weak spot, right? And So currently I'm making a video about the overabundance crisis, right? How we have access to everything and, and all that. And, Not uh, making a video yet, but I plan to make a video about it. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. What do you, how do you, so you, you've made videos about dopamine detoxing, about, you know, social, social media, media and detox. all that. So what do you currently have set up in your life to, to deal with that? For, so to start with, what are your, what are your vices? Um, yeah. So I guess like nowadays, like there's so, so many different sources of instant gratification. And I think it's obvious that all of us often puts instant gratification over long-term gratification. Um, so many of us just try to go for the small things that immediately give them pl- pleasure instead of working on the big things that give them purpose and fulfillment in the long run. And I can definitely, like I've done many videos about it, doing experiments of just abstaining from any instant gratification sources, but I can definitely see myself falling back into the traps, falling back into the addictions every now and then. Mm. But I'm just constantly trying to remind myself of the videos I created. Uh, sometimes I even have to watch my own videos to remind myself <laughs> because it's just hard. It's just hard to to just live a yeah life without any instant gratification because sometimes you just feel shit. Sometimes I'm sh- like shooting for eight hours a day and I just like fuck up every take and I just feel like I got nothing done and. And there's like absolutely no dopamine just hitting my brain. And, and I feel like I need to get some sort of gratification in order to just make up for it. Like the, the times where you really feel the worst is where I guess you're the most exposed to these sources of instant gratification because yeah. you somehow need to fill your 
I don't know, your tank of, of dopamine. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know, my vices, sometimes I land on, on Instagram, um, but it quickly happens that after watching a sec, like, uh, I don't know, one or two reels, I realized, okay, this is not the right thing, and I get off. Um, so I guess I, I became kind of disciplined about all that sort of stuff. Like, I'm not eating any junk food at all. I'm eating very healthy. Um, when it comes to my social media usage, it's pretty good. Um, I only consume long-form content that actually brings value to my life, like podcasts or like long-form content. Uh, I, I'm just not a huge fan of short-form content. Um, but yeah, so to be honest, I, I don't really know what I would say would be my vices. I guess like the, the ways where I really try to get joy in my life is to just like, when I say, okay, like I'm feeling like shit, let's meet up with friends. Let's talk with, with them about it. Let's hang out with, that, uh, let's hang out with them. Uh, maybe let's watch a series together. Um, I'm definitely watching Netflix every now and then, but I guess I guess I kind of like sell it as also like learning because I'm a yeah. filmmaker, so I pay a lot of attention <laughs> to like how they structure their stories and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess if I would if I would have a vice, I guess it would be like Netflix. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's... How, how's it for you? Like I'm still kind of like struggling to put together like what what advice would be for 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 like people like us. What, what are your vices? Um, my vice is uh, social media is, is I think the advice for everyone. So specifically Instagram, mm -hmm. um, or YouTube. Yeah. Also because I'm creating stuff on there. Yeah. It's easy to get sucked down, but I have pretty much have that under control because of certain apps that I've installed yeah. and really strong restrictions on these apps. Yeah. And that has saved me like so many times. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. So that's one thing. Um, also just building impulse control is one of the things I've been looking into uh -huh. is, um, she would been talked about this. In a, in a podcast somewhere where just by practicing impulse control, you built that muscle. So it's basically that this, this, this part of our brain that says like, oh, stop. Like mm -hmm. let's, you know, we have like this forward motion, yeah. backwards motion, or like holding us back and stagnant and, and just practicing that more. When you're like, you have an impulse, you're like, okay, stop. Yeah. yeah. It, right. Or you're, you're fidgeting as a kid and your parent tells you like, hey, sit still. And you're like, yeah, yeah. okay. Right, so that's sort of part of your brain. So that's something I'm currently looking into. And um, but is it something that you can train? I feel like it's just like a thing of habits. It's just like uh, I think it is because I feel like back then I was definitely struggling a lot more to like get off Instagram. And now it's for me like okay, I realize okay, my my brain just got me onto Instagram right now because I seek instant gratification. And after like watching one reel, I'm like okay, fuck it, it's done. Yeah. Um, and then back then I was definitely more caught up in like the dopamine hit of the dopamine hit. So like, are there any ways to train for it or is it just like I a think, matter of... I think you can. I want to yeah. explore it. So willpower okay. is limited, right? So I want to set up my life where I don't even have to use willpower because I'm not even tempted. Yeah. But then when you're traveling, different story, right? Yeah. So my TV in the Airbnb right now has Netflix on it. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, it's right here. It's just one click away, right? Okay. And that's when impulse control becomes important, yeah, I exactly. think, right? Ideally, you set up your environment and your life in a way where you don't even get tempted because then it's just like a breeze, right? If you don't have, have access, if you have zero access to these things, it's done, right? Mm -hmm. So, But I think if you don't have, like if you completely restrict, restrict all of your access, you get tempted because you feel like, okay, ah, I might want to know what's, what's happening there right now. So I, I guess like if you, if you go into Instagram, let's say five, hour, five minutes a day, um, and, and then you just get off of it, 
then I think you're going to be less tempted rather than saying, okay, I don't use any Instagram for like a week now. Yeah, and I think that's where it's different for everyone. Okay. Because I had a call with the with our community, yeah. the, the driven community today. Um, and people were split on this. Some people yeah. were like, yo, I'm, I, I need some balance. I need some of it. For me and a friend of mine, Max Hurden and Rian Doris mm. that I talked to, they're both YouTube creators and both entrepreneurs with eight-figure companies. Mm. We're all kind of all or nothing. Yeah? <laughs> yes. So I've been, I haven't had a sip of alcohol for five years, right? Okay. And it's good that way. Wow. Give me one drink. It's not going to be one drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So same thing with like quitting cold turkey. That's the easiest for me. Quitting what? The, cold turkey. Cold turkey. You know what cold turkey means? No. Cold turkey means just completely. No coming back. No. Coming like, just, back from what? Just, just through immediately quitting. Quitting so, what? Qu- quitting cold turkey. Like any, any vice. Like if you quit drinking cold turkey, it means you stop one day and you never drink again. Okay, okay. Rather than like starting oh, to drink okay. less, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for me, it's like all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So far, it has been. So it's something I'm exploring. Is that really who I am? Mm. Is that nature versus nurture, right? Is it just, can I build that? Is that an identity that I have that I need to change? But so far, that's been best, honestly. Yeah. Now, the, and the tricky thing comes in where I'm a YouTube creator and Instagram is an insanely powerful tool for me because I, I don't think I would have been invited to this wedding yeah. if I wasn't posting on Instagram so that my friends can yeah. stay in touch with me and actually nurture the relationship. So it's like, Instagram is a way for me to stay in touch with friends, yeah. to stay in touch with my audience, and I'm only using it as a creator. And yeah, sometimes I get sucked in a little bit, but the apps are so powerful that I just they kick me out. It's, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Sure. So, so I think these are two components, right? You set up the environment and your life through systems so you don't get tempted in the first place. If you do get tempted, build impulse control. But even then, I think that's very limited. And the third component is probably the biggest one, which is the emotional piece of it which you mentioned already, said the days where you are working like crazy mm. or where you're just n- not feeling well yeah. is when you're tempted the most. Yeah. The toughest periods of my life try to get me onto a routine really hard. When yeah. I was lonely in Europe, I didn't have friends. I just went through a breakup. I just sold my business and didn't know what to do with my yeah, life. Yeah. Good luck not sleeping in and, and like scrolling on social media and, yeah. and, and watching Netflix and just overeating and all of that. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess it's always just to fill some sort of void that you have in your life. It and is. And if you have a fulfilling life where you you have great relationships, where you follow like some sort of work that you're aligned with, then then you can basically, I, I think then you can avoid most of them and you don't need them because you're just like, hey, I have so many great things happening in my life. Why would I spend time with this mediocre stuff like why would i look on my screen if i have great friends to meet yeah that's it that's it and i think um that's something that people gloss over and that's the definition of an addiction right is you have a short-term coping strategy that helps you short-term but long-term it creates pain yeah right that's with drugs that's with social media as well right yeah it it does help you short-term feel better yeah so if you find a behavior that gives you the same benefit short-term but also has long-term positive benefits, amazing, right? So that's why a lot of drug addicts become, become uh, athletes, yeah, right? Yeah. Because they just, they get the runners high and it's a much better coping strategy because it's actually healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm experimenting more with now with the emotional component, looking into that. Okay, what, what makes us want to 
escape these emotions in the first place. Mm. And I talked about parts therapy in, the, in, in one of my videos where that's something I discovered from the book No Bad Parts. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, you mentioned it in one of your videos. Yeah, and uh, that's really interesting. Okay. It's really interesting. So I actually you... told myself, after watching your video, I actually told myself that I'm going to read it, but I didn't read it. I, I need to it. <laughs> Reminder, check it out. It's really good. It's really insightful. Okay. Really insightful. You get to know yourself on a level that you've never known yourself before. Okay. And that's where I created a lot of compassion for myself. Yeah. Because I know it's just a part of me that's, you know, from my childhood, it's an inner child. Yeah. It's that little part, that little Leon, right, who's like, just doesn't want to feel the pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then myself, which is like the higher part of yourself that is not any part or anything, but like is like the overarching, all-knowing, unattached part of you, has compassion for that. Mm. And then that part that wants to escape um, feels understood mm. and trusts you more. Mm. And doesn't lash out as much as like, oh, I need to escape, right? So mm. um, parts therapy, the gist of it is basically you have different parts inside of yourself, like multiple identities. These are parts that emerge from oftentimes trauma in your life yeah. because they have to step in or they have to be created in order to help you deal with stress or trauma, or whatever, right? So, you know, you have your parents breaking up or you have a breakup or you have something really traumatic happening to yes. you, right? Um, those parts come up. So... Um, and yeah, they just sometimes they just take the driver's seat and they take over. Yeah. And they and the the gist of the book, no bad parts, means that all of the parts have a good intention for you. Mm, mm. They just have shitty strategies. Yeah, yeah. They just don't have the best strategies. So even the most messed up parts of you, like a violent part. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just some sort of coping mechanism of exactly. your brain and your body from some sort of experience that you had back then. Yeah, and we judge these parts like, why do you do that? Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, that's just another part. Mm, mm, it's mm. another part judging that part. Yeah. <laughs> so these parts have relationships with each other. Yeah. And then, and then you can have an internal conversation with yourself or with other people mm. where you get to know these parts. Hey, what do you really want? Oh, okay. Could you tell this part that that's your thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, could you just and then ask that other part to just listen and just you know, get, get them to know each other and then talk to them like, hey, do you think there's a better strategy of what we can do here? Or hey, can you trust me to take this over, right? And, and you basically build trust with these parts by showing up more often. You, yeah, you do a meditation, you check in with them, like, hey, is there anything that you want me to know? Yeah. Um, and they relax. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. more you suppress them, the more you like beat them yeah, down, yeah. 100%. the more they will come out again. Yeah, yeah. So compassion has been a huge part. And compassion is one of the best things for addiction because mm -hmm. we, in our society, we punish addiction, right? Mm. Like, you can't get these drugs, you can't buy these drugs, you're going to be put into jail, right? Mm. But these people, they're just in pain. Mm. They just want to escape the pain with these yeah. drugs. And you can't punish out pain. Yeah, yeah. So, compassion is like a massive piece, and for yourself as well, yeah, right? Yeah. So that means, hey, I know why you did this, I understand you, and let's try to find a better strategy. Yeah, for sure. Right? I, I think that this past theory is extremely interesting. Um, I mean, I, I guess like so many people are aware of it nowadays, but for me, it really clicked in like the last year, I guess, that most people who are also like very successful, they also have some sort of like childhood trauma that drives them to escape or that drives them to, yeah, just push themselves to do things that maybe other parts of them don't want, want them to do, you know? And I really feel like every, every like, 
okay, like there, there are two ways to escape. You can either escape with instant gratification and all the addictions, or you can escape by just like being a workaholic and or like being the fucking craziest athlete and going to the gym two times a day, you know? And so I think it's always about figuring out a balance between those different things. Also, when it comes to working, I mean, we've talked about it. It's okay to be obsessed, but I think it's not good to be obsessed if it's like something driving you that you don't actually feel like you want to do it, you know? Yeah. Like you just want to 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 feel enough for something where, where you didn't feel enough back then in your yeah. childhood. And you just want to prove them wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's prove like, them wrong. Yeah. Honestly, like back then, I... I mean, I can talk about my, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it a childhood trauma. I had like a great upbringing, great parents. Still, it can just develop so quickly, a trauma like this. Because for me, for example, I always wanted to be a filmmaker or a photographer. And all the people told me like, yeah, it's like not really an accepted job. Uh, you're not going to earn a lot of money. And maybe you should go for something more safe. It's just like the general thing, right? But that can really mess with your mind if you hear that at a young age. And from that point on, I always felt like I need to prove people wrong. I need to prove to people that I can make a lot of money. I, I need to prove that I get approval. Um, and I, I actually was about to call my YouTube channel Prove Them Wrong, like literally. <laughs> it's like, prove that's them. like just, <laughs> nice. like it, it, can't, it couldn't be clearer that there is some sort of like trauma or some sort of feeling of like not being enough. And, and yeah, I feel like most people have that. I feel like most people have that. I'm wondering, probably you have something like that as well. I saw it in your, in your video. Maybe, yeah. In which video? Um, it was about the, the video with like the, where you talked about the book with bad parts, where you said that you have like this soldier inside of you that just like tells you to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to like always show up, always be like yeah. on point and everything. Yeah. I don't really resonate with approving people wrong. I don't think I've ever really felt that like other people. Yeah. Cause it's not like people doubted me. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you've also not doubted yourself. That's more so the thing. Okay. But it's not about proving myself wrong. It's more like, yeah, it's not really, yeah. Really? So I'm, I'm, like if somebody is like, if somebody tells me like I can't, I can't do something, yeah. it doesn't necessarily motivate me more. So it's like, oh, he just doesn't know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> obviously nowadays, but, ob nowadays, obviously, yes, because like we have back then. But back, like then, back then, when you don't know shit about anything in the world of like, in the world of work and, and people tell you like, this is not possible. You like, I definitely started doubting myself, or 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 more more so. I guess it was fueling me. I, yeah. I guess like the doubts were just like fueling me to say, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong, and that's what I definitely did for like working two or three years. I was just trying to work for the approval of others, but I definitely think that it like changed over time, and now I don't do anything for approval, yeah. and I, I I don't need to prove anybody wrong, but I'm just working because of purpose, and I think that that's kind of like a shift that happens. I think in many, many people's journey when it comes to their career, for a long time, Hopefully. for a long time, they yeah. just work on proving people wrong. But at some point, they just shift towards like, hey, there's a purpose of doing this because I yeah. want to have an impact on other people because I want to change something. And, and I think, yeah, as you said, hopefully for a lot of people, it doesn't change and they just try to prove people wrong for their whole lives. They buy luxury cars, they buy all sorts of materialistic stuff to show to the world that, yeah. they, that they are enough. But I think, uh, yeah, with like the necessary introspection and you, you can build a lot of awareness about all the different parts you have in yourself and really figure out why, like to, to, to have the right why behind the work you do, I guess. That's it. It depends on where, it's, where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. So I think the proving people wrong doesn't resonate with me because that's, that's not the thought process I have in my head, mm. but it is approval seeking. 
Yeah. It it was it was approval seeking, mm. and to this day still, I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to build something cool, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that'll always be a part of it, as long as that's not the biggest part of it. I think it's that's good because here's the thing: we all want to feel significant. Yeah, for sure. And we do it in different ways. Like that's actually a human need, right? So, um, people do it by being the best mom in the world. Yeah. Or building a big big business. Or being the most violent, being the most scary, you know? Yeah. So there's different strategies. It's just uh, finding a good strategy for that. And for me, I feel very significant when somebody, you know, says like, hey, your stuff really helped me. That was really cool. And I was yeah, like, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm awesome. <laughs> right? So, but yeah, you're right. It is, it, 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 so the but, proving people wrong has never been a motivator for me. Yeah. But the uh, getting approval. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that, I mean, that, I think I think that's just how every person is wired, to be honest. But I think yeah. for some people, it can be a lot stronger if they experience something uh, traumatic in their in their childhood. It doesn't even have to yeah. be traumatic, but just like if people doubt you in your childhood, then I guess you have an even strong, even stronger need for approval, and it needs a couple of years in order for yourself to figure out, hey, like I don't need to prove anything to anybody, but I'm doing this because I have like a specific purpose of why I'm here, and I have a specific vision for how I want the world to change, I guess. Yeah. I think a lot of people start out um, okay. feeling ostracized. Let's wait a second. Yeah. Bro, it's like, there's like this one guy, I have literally like taxi drivers just like parking here in the, in the street every day. And this guy, he's like, his like our alarm, car alarm is like going off every single day for like 10 times. Really? It's fucking crazy. I, I don't oh. know. Some people just don't fix their problems. <laughs> for real, it's crazy. Yes. I mean, I'm getting mad about it, but yeah, I, just, some, I just try to be cool with there's it. There's some built-up pain. I yeah, there's a lot of pain like... in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like six months listening to this guy, like, turning on his, like, car alarm. Especially when day. you're filming? Yeah, I mean, the in the studio, I don't hear it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and yeah. here, I have noise cancelling, but still, it's just like, I hear it all the time. I'm like, man, like, <laughs> why don't you fix that? Like, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people go through this journey where they... Um, feel ostracized in the beginning because they have a dream, they're hungry for more, and they're going after it and then they can't relate to their peer group anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. something you went yeah. through as well? Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, um, it's funny. That's what, the, that's what the whole community is based on for us. Yeah. Because that's why I started this because there's a lot of people out there that yeah. want more and they don't have a peer group yeah. around them that think similarly. And it's very hard to improve yourself. And the easiest hack for getting healthy habits and you know not getting sucked into vices and all that yes is having accountability and having yeah. the right people around you and have great life right so yes. how did how did you deal with that um so basically um i guess when i was like 16 i was already kind of like had like a deep feeling that i need to find some sort of job where i'm really passionate about i need to find my passion mm. i was watching yeah, yeah, the I, mean, I, I even have like a uh, a tattoo which says like passion comes first uh, just kind of like as a reminder for myself to not put approval or money or anything else above it, but to actually enjoy what I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess like I was always telling myself like I need to find that thing which I really burn for. And uh, I guess that already just having that mindset to say, hey, I want, I don't want to go the traditional route and I want to do like something different and I want to explore what's out there. That already separated me from my friends because nobody at that age was thinking about stuff like this. People were thinking about partying, about girls, and I was thinking about fucking Boys. big life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so so I guess like that was the first point where I was like already feeling a bit disconnected. 
And then when I was 18, I traveled the world for like one year. And that's where I really started to connect with other people outside my old traditional circle. And that's why I started to feel definitely a little bit of connection to some people. Um, but obviously it was just like short term friendships all the time because I'm moving places. Then I came back and um, that's where I slowly but surely like distance myself more and more from the friend circle that I had back then. I still have like three friends who I really like strongly connect with and I try to do something with them like every year for sure, like to, do, to go on a trip or something. Because I think it's still important to, to, to keep in touch with like the good relationships that you built um, as long as they don't have super destructive habits, I guess. And, um, but yeah, then as I started to evolve and I started to like build my own YouTube channel, build my own business, then it's just like the, the more you take risks and follow your own path, the further you get away from the pool of all the other people, right? And that's what you experience, I guess, as well, where you just feel like you can't relate anymore to the people from your hometown where you grew up with because, um, because they just like care about other topics. Uh, we, we want to chat about business and making an impact in the world. And they care about who was the most drunk in the last night, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, so definitely like, uh, I, I feel like it just like went apart a little bit and it, it took me some time to really be able to connect with a group of friends where I now feel like they are on the same path and we push each other. Mm. Um, so I think everybody goes kind of like through this journey of loneliness, but I think communities like the ones that you built um, or also like the community that I want to build with my online course are the spaces for the people who want to take risks and who want to live an alternative lifestyle to come together and push each other because just doing it by yourself is fucking hard. and. Um, miserable. It's miserable, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've locked myself into my apartment for two years and just created videos by myself and, and didn't have many people to connect with. And I'm glad that nowadays, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like for me, my YouTube channel is my real community. And they're also like my people who I connect with uh, on like on a deep level. I mean, I told you also like last night that wherever I go, most of the time in like the first few weeks, I just like meet some sort of person that like some, some let's call it fan who, who watches my videos and they kind of like recognize me. And then like they're super cool and we just connect and then we hang out for the next five months and they become actual friends. So that's why I'm saying like my YouTube channel is like my actual community, but obviously I have like a, a group of strong, like close friends um, that where we also keep each other accountable. Um, so I have like two friends, um, they live a very similar lifestyle. They go to different, like they live in different countries. I, I guess like as they were watching me take off on YouTube, they also got inspired to also like follow their true calling before both of them had like an agency. One had like a social media marketing agency. The other one had like a content creation agency. And now they basically just went full time into YouTube, full commitment. And they basically just, uh, yeah, create videos. One, one guy creates videos about his passion, which is like finance and Bitcoin. And the other guy creates videos about uh, personal development, which is like his passion. And um, like, even though they're not like doing it as long as I do or, or like on a similar level, let's say when it comes to filmmaking, they have like the same mindset and that's more than enough to hold each other accountable and to push each other. And we actually like, ha we have like an accountability group where there's like four people in it together with me. And each of us set like yearly goals, sometimes also like monthly or weekly goals um, of what we want to achieve this year. 
so everybody has like let's say three goal three goals uh, mine for example are I want to approach four goals per month just to get out of my comfort zone and just open up more um, I want to um, go to the gym at least three times a week and the overall goal for business is just like I want to reach a hundred and uh, 1,500 students within this year for the course not sure if it's gonna happen but like we all set different goals and then we have like a check-in call every two weeks uh, in order in order to just check in how it's going with our goals and in order to help, help hold ourselves accountable so if somebody just like has a shitty time and they like skip gym then we tell them like hey honestly like get back to your goals and we have like solid accountability so, so everybody who doesn't meet their goals for a certain amount of times has to donate money and like quite a bit of money so if i don't go to the gym three times a week i have to donate three thousand euros yeah. and and that's just like you need specific systems to hold each other accountable like even if you have the best friend group in the world okay like if everybody's like super super strong pushing and you feel like you just need to fit in into that like crowds or into that tribe of like successful people then you're still going to push yourself but i think it's still good to have that even higher level of accountability where you say like, I'm so committed to making these goals happen. Like it's not going to happen that I fail at these goals. And that's why I'm okay with saying, okay, I'm going to donate money if I don't meet them, you know? Yes. It's the ultimate hack because whenever I've done that, it's scary to do it and set it up. Yeah. Once you set it up, it's done. Yeah. There's no way you're not going to the gym. Yeah. Now. Yeah. These weekly goals for sure. The yearly goals, like for the online course, it's quite hard for me because the scale is just so unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it, it's easy to do it with short-term goals because you have you have full control over yeah. it. Yeah. You have full control over it. So I think that's when you have to set things that you have full control over. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, that's that's massive. And I think um, the way I solved that problem for myself, not having like-minded people around, is by um, the biggest thing was just getting the foot in the door and meeting the first person because yeah. they know other people. Yeah. And they're gonna meet other people and. The best things I've done is build my own group, yeah. my own, and I don't mean this YouTube channel, even though now that's that is a big, on a big scale, but the first group I built was uh, when I started my e-commerce business. Mm. We built a mastermind group, just people that yeah. chat every week. They became friends, right? Yeah. Um, then I built a group uh, after I sold my business with guys from all over the world. So that's why I'm here in Medellin right now, because he invited me to his wedding. Okay. The way we met was I messaged him on Facebook. Hey, you seem like a cool dude. Want to hop on a call? Yeah. We chat every week. We're these guys that you know, are into business. And there's two other guys that he met through me because I put together this group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these guys, they're friends long term. Yeah. Same thing with my YouTube journey. Yeah. I built a mastermind group with Jake Carlini, with Hunter Williams, with Andrew Levitt, with Brad Lancaster from Discover Connection. All of us have successful channels now. Yeah. And we're best friends. Yeah, yeah. And it's like every time, right? So I think a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't have a community like that. I can't find a community like that. For one, we're building it, right? Driven yeah. community. Or if you're a filmmaker, uh, Nicholas Crystal, right? That's the best place to meet people like that. But build your own group. Everybody wants to yeah. connect. So if you build your own group as well, even if it's just a small accountability group, massive game changer for me you make lifelong friendships and yeah, yeah. there's already people inside of our community that um are building accountability groups which is really cool and now they're like chatting every week and they're like becoming yeah, yeah, good friends sure. it's it's amazing so yeah just connect to the first person you like just just meet the person that you really okay that, that's that's badly said so like 
in my opinion, like reach out to the first person where you think you could connect with, connect with them, and then just like from there, just like try to, to meet new people, introduce the new people to your friend and just like try to just like build, yeah, basically build your own group, as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's massive. Anything else that you had on your mind that you want to chat about? Um, I think not, not in particular, but I, I guess I would also like to, to know your take on uh, long form versus short form content. Yeah. All right. Well, what are your thoughts? Or what, what, what do you? Okay. Uh, what do you think I, about? I would actually like to hear your point first. Okay. <laughs> what do I think about short form? Like, which one is better? Or well, yeah, which one is better? What do you think about short form content? I think short form can be really good if you're just starting out on YouTube and you just want to get some reps in. Um, I think eventually everybody wants to do long form. And that's the yeah. short form seems to be like a yeah. means to an end. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think short form, even with this podcast, is a tool to get more traffic to the long form. Yeah. I can see. A that. lot of people ask me, hey, why aren't you on TikTok? Why don't you do short form? Isn't that the, the big thing that YouTube yeah. is pushing? And I'm like, well, eventually... I, all those people, they want to end up in long form and yeah. I'm already good at that. Yeah, yeah. So let me just, and like, I feel like any unit of time or effort I put into long form will be better spent long term. Yes. yes. Yeah. What really upsets me is that outside people, whether it's like brands or entrepreneurs you want to partner up with or whoever, right? They, they don't understand the difference between short and long form where it's like, wow, this, shh. This person has a million TikTok followers. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Leon has 500,000 subscribers. Also not bad, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I would yeah. rather have 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, for sure. 10,000 yeah. than a million TikTok followers. Yeah, same. And it's so much more valuable. So yeah. one, and, and people compare the views where it's like, oh, this, like, I see these speakers getting invited to like events and all that. It's like, oh, this person has like 500 million views this month. And it's short form. Yeah. And there's somebody who's like 100 million views. Yeah, yeah. Long form is way more, way yeah. more, because what matters is the time spent. Yeah, yeah. The time spent. So that even happens to me where people recognize my face, but they don't know my name. Yeah. And only once they see my channel, they're like, oh, I've seen your videos. Yeah, yeah. So they've already seen long form content of me, but they don't remember fully who I am. Yeah. How much less so is that with short form content? Yeah, 100%. And, and also another thing, I mean, I'm totally wrecking short form content here right now, but... Honestly, wait, wait, I'm wait. all up for it. <laughs> yes. I would wreck it too. We're the long form boys, yeah. 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 yeah we're I the... mean, I, I think I think what you said is like is like very down to the point where you say like short form is a bridge towards long form. Like I've seen it with so many people. What you said, like they maybe get started on TikTok or Instagram Reels because it's the place to get famous. And then as soon as they're there, like the smart ones realize, okay, I have to build a YouTube channel and I have to do some sort of long form content if I actually want to have like a proper con community that cares about the, like the content I create. Yeah. And that's, I think, uh, yeah, you know, like short form content is more like the normal celebrity type of status where you walk through the streets and everybody wants to take a selfie without really knowing who you are. While the long form content is more just like a proper community, which is why I guess we're doing YouTube because yes. we, we, we really care about building that connection with our community. And, and I think it's just like completely different. And I always say that the depth of your content um, basically reflects the, the depth of your community. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think when you, if you have a 15 minute session, I mean, I have 15 minute sessions if I do scroll because I have the app that keeps yeah. me out for 15 minutes. Okay. But people usually have an hour session or whatever, just scrolling, yeah. right? 
the average person, right? So, but let's say it's 15 minutes of scrolling on TikTok or Instagram Reels. Yeah. You watch 30 Reels, right? Yeah. At the end of that session, how many do you remember? None. None. That's really it. Yeah. Like if you, if I asked you, if I asked you 10 minutes later, you'd probably remember one or two. Yeah. If I asked you an hour later, two hours later, you'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. And that is completely dead time to me. Yeah. And like you literally just wasted 50 minutes because with the YouTube videos, you actually take something away and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I've seen that video and he talks about this, he talks about that. Like, like two days ago, I met somebody who was like, oh, actually yesterday, I think. I met somebody who was like, yeah, I've seen your video. You talked about the, you know, the, how you built your Amazon business and the, the thing with your girlfriend and then, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, when did you see that? It was like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, how do yeah. you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Bro, and that's the power of storytelling. That's what I'm saying, man. Yes, like, like, it is. Like short form content most of the time is just like about giving people some sort of like visual dopamine hits or a lot of entertainment, obviously a, a lot of times. And, and if you like really know how to tell a story, it burns itself into the minds of other people and they're going to remember it even years afterwards because it actually changed something in their lives. Yeah. Because like people like come to me all the time and say like, hey, I, like, I, I watched your dopamine detox video a year ago and it changed my life because I've just kind of like seen, like I've just realized the position I'm in and like all the negative habits that I have and I've changed something about it. Yeah. Obviously like with self-development content, it's even stronger compared to let's say value-driven content or entertainment content. Mm. Um, because if you like actually inspire another person to take action, then it's, it's much more emotional rather than only some entertainment or some value to to achieve something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of long form content and yeah. And yeah, I'm happy that you are as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I mean, for so, for such a long time, everybody's been saying, Hey, short form content is the new thing. Go there. And, and I've never, I've never connected with it. I've never gotten into short form content. I've like, I've, I don't know, like three people reaching out to me every week who want to create TikToks for my channel. And it's just been the same thing. Like, I just feel like there's not really any value in it. I'm just going to invest time to creating the best possible videos and building a community. But yeah, it can be an additional tool if you want to drive additional traffic towards you. Yeah. So far, I just like, I mean, I'm taking a break from YouTube, so I'm not working on it. Yeah. But besides that, like 99% on, on long-form content. Yeah. Also, just because a platform pushes a feature doesn't mean that you'll be successful yes. with it. Because that's, that's a big argument. It's like yes. YouTube is going to pump so much into it and they're going to compete with TikTok. And look at all these people that got all these subscribers from that. The, the way they've designed the shorts on YouTube is that wherever you're scrolling, that's, that's where you, you click on the subscribe button. So there's so many accidental subscribes yeah, that yeah, are happening. Yeah. And that's not what you want at all. No, I don't want more subscribers that don't no, watch my videos. No. I don't want, I actively do not want that. Yeah. I actually want the subscriber count to be gone. Yeah. Um, I wish they would just show here's the monthly views right now or whatever, right? As a measurement for how big somebody's channel, how big someone's audience mm. is. Um, I, yeah, and um, just because, and I think YouTube is pumping these numbers because they want to compete with TikTok, but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's best for the creator. No, it's like TikTok started, then there was like an extreme hype. Obviously, everybody's rushing through like to TikTok in order to get the approval that they're lacking in their childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then suddenly there's this huge hype, and as soon as there are big numbers, there are a lot of advertisers, and then suddenly all companies want to have a part of it and that's why obviously TikTok uh, that's why uh, that's why uh, Instagram and and YouTube also went into it but it doesn't mean that it's the right way to build a community or to 
to, to create content. It just means that there's currently a huge hype of it. But I mean, we, I think we're going to see it more and more that, um, yeah, that is just going to decline in the next years. Not, not, maybe not decline, but I think a lot of people are going to become more and more aware and actively seek long-form content yeah. opposed to short-form content. Yeah, some of the hype will be gone. Because even now, like a lot of the YouTube consultants or uh, whatever, like, you know, they, they say like, hey, get into shorts because it'll be big, you know? <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's like YouTube is pushing it. Just because YouTube is pushing it doesn't mean I have to use the feature. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's best for me. Yeah, yeah. It means it's what YouTube wants to push. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. And yes, it can happen that they, they give you a leg up, but like, yeah, if they give you more subscribers, cool, but if they're not watching, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And if these people aren't actually building a connection with me, yeah, yeah. I don't want it. So yeah, shorts, man, I've, I've had a lot of conversations about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm against a lot of things that are, that are pushed to me because they just logically don't make sense. Yeah. Um, and you, shorts is so far one of them. And I'm also open to being proven wrong. Very open to being proven wrong. What do you mean? So I'm open to pro being proven wrong that shorts is actually really effective and you, sh you, you sh definitely should do it. But so far, I don't see a reason. Yeah. And it's, it feels like another thing on my plate. Yeah. Where it's like, no, I have enough, I have yeah, enough yeah, to do. Sure. I mean, I think that's also an interesting topic to just like really focus, like be really focused on one or two things in, in what you're doing. I mean, we talked about it last, last night, right? Like very briefly that back then I had so many different things that I was doing at the same time with YouTube videos, building up my online shop, doing a newsletter, so many different things. And I was handling everything myself. Yeah. And now I'm only doing the online course and that's everything I do. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's extremely important to just like focus. In the beginning, I'm, I think it's good maybe to try out some things to really figure out what you want to do. But as soon as you find what is the number one thing I need to do now to just 100% focus on that. Um, and that's why I didn't get into short form as well. And nice. I guess like, I mean, well, how many balls do you have in the air right now with your business? So we got the main channel, then launching the podcast now, and... There's a new ball. It's a new ball. It's a new ball. <laughs> and the newsletter. Yeah. Now the way, the way I'm doing the newsletter and call to action right here, check out the newsletter. We're putting a lot of work into it. This is not just a newsletter where we send out, oh, here's a new video uploaded. No, there's practical new nuggets every week cool things that we find, resources that can actually be helpful, no fluff, and um, you're gonna get a lot of, lot of value from the, from the newsletter, so sign up below. Um, but the way we do the newsletter is that we, we pair it with the podcast. So the podcast, I wanna do 50-50 with like um, guests and just like almost like, like co-hosts, yeah. right? So you would be the co-host on this episode. Yeah. And we just talk about interesting topics, things yeah. that we recently learned, cool articles we saw, or like a new book that's coming out or whatever, right? And it's basically part of the same system where we find interesting resources and we talk about it on the newsletter and the podcast, right? So we, we basically, I see these two as like one ball. Mm. So it's like okay. main channel and then podcast okay. slash newsletter, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Where it's like that ideally is part of the same system. And I like to put things together. And mm. I think at the very least, if you have multiple balls, they should they should complement each other where yeah, if yeah. one grows, the other grows, yeah, the other yeah. ones grow too. And that's the case here because when people have completely different businesses that aren't connected to each other, you pretty much know that they're not going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, these are the two things now. And then we also have the community that we're now launching, but the community, the way it's built is like we have 
an application process. Yeah. You have to apply to get in. You have to be the right person. You're going to be screened. It's free. Um, but we want to have the right people in there because we want to be very intentional with how we build it. Yeah. And there's not really anything that we need to do from there because these people, they just want to connect. Yeah, yeah. Like we even had people so far who didn't make it into the community because we just let in, we had a very, very rigorous process in the beginning where, you know, you have to finish the Driven 30 challenge. You had to prove it, upload all these documents to prove that you did it. And then uh, answer all these questions and send in a video, right? We have like 30, 40 people in there. Um, there's a hundred that have applied uh, and went through all the steps and we declined most of them because we just wanted to keep it small before we launch it yeah, yeah. in a big way. And um, there's even people now that have, when we called it the Driven Inner Circle, but we're probably just going to call it the Driven Community moving forward because Inner Circle sounds like a paid thing, mm. but it's not, it's just free. But they have created the Driven Outer Circle because they didn't make it in, right? And it shows basically with the community, it's not even its own thing that you have to nurture. It's just like one call a month that we have and I pop in there whenever I want to. Yeah. And those people just want to connect. So the only two balls are really just, just that, yeah. at least in terms of products. And there's okay. also, of course, other products like internal, like, okay, we need to hire this person, we yeah, need to yeah, create these systems and all that. But yeah, yeah. these are the only two things. Okay. And I get so many opportunities thrown at me, I, even though I'm such yeah. a small channel. Yeah. Um, but like... It's the hardest part. Yeah, for me, super easy. No, it's easy, but I think for a lot of people... For a lot of people, it's really hard. I think, I think you're also a really focused guy, so for yeah. you, it's also easy. Yeah. But I, for a lot of people, they get tempted by so many... Like, yeah. I had so many people pitch me like, hey, you want to partner up with this? We give you equity. I'm like, um, no, it's not the main thing. Yeah. Exactly. And they tell me like, yo, you would make so much money with this. I'm like, yeah, yeah but long-term, the opportunity cost... Like, I have really big goals with this thing here. Yeah. yeah. And results are going to be slow now, but... in the, <laughs> Yeah, and that's the, the, thing. the next 10 years. That's the thing be that's always hard for people, I think, to realize. Like creating a YouTube channel, as I said before, you for so many years you just work in the dark, and then suddenly it takes off, and then it takes off very quickly. Yeah. And and I think that's yeah, that's I think what you should always focus on. I think with everything in life, to always think long term. When it comes to your business, try to figure out what you really want to achieve in the next 10 years and try to work towards it. When it comes to relationships, don't date girls for four months like I do, but actually just like look for girls, for, like look for a girl that, that is compatible and like that could be for long term um, for anything, to be honest. Like I, I think like I, I basically developed this mindset that whenever something doesn't seem like it is going to be in my life for the next 10 years, I'm not going to push through with it. But I just like right away search for the right solution in order to make it happen long-term. Yeah. And I think that's super important to just like have this long-term mindset. Um, and, and, but sometimes it can be hard. As I said, like there's, there's many temptations that come your way and the, the more success you get, the bigger the temptations and the bigger the opportunities get. So also I was creating, like I was working on, on the online course. Uh, I was like in the first three months into the project and I get uh, an email from a sponsor then that they want like to do the biggest project ever so far. And it would have paid me, I think, five times as much as my biggest sponsorship before. But I just said, like, honestly, I'm already stressed with the project right now. Plus, I know that this course is going to be much, much bigger in the future. Yeah. I just need to That's avoid it. distractions. I need to tunnel vision on what's really important right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. And it's, yeah, it's exponential. Most things are exponential. So yes. In the beginning, when you don't have any uh, results, that's when you got to put in the time because if you postpone something, like for example, somebody asked me like, hey, 
hey, Leon, how much, how much would it cost for you to put your YouTube channel aside for a year and work with us? I'm like, you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough. It's like, what about a, a million, just in theory? It's yeah. like, I don't think I would do it. Yeah. And they're like, hmm. what about for three months? Like, how much would it have to be for three months? I'm like, maybe 300K. Mm. But even then, I'd, be, I'd feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> because three months, like that period where there's little, little results or not as much results, like I'm, I'm basically getting the much bigger results three months later. Yeah. So it's like, ah. And it's also, I don't know, for me, it's just like, um, for, for me, it doesn't really matter how much money they offer because for me, money is not really like the, the factor by which I want to measure my success. And it's also, I don't know, I just don't strive for, for monetary success. Obviously, that's nice. And that is going to um, basically just emphasize the impact that you want to have. But for me, like the impact that we're creating with, our community and our YouTube channels, that's nothing anybody else could ever give you, right? Like you're yeah. helping them develop their vision and maybe like strengthen their impact, but no company is going to be able to to give you that sense of like fulfillment and purpose. So I, yeah. I, I guess I would just, I don't know, I, I, would, I wouldn't even do it for a couple million. I would just like work on my stuff. Because yeah. as soon as you have your like really good needs met when it comes to money, then, then it, for me, it's just about having the most impact possible. Yeah. The only reason why I would do it for three months is so that, so that I can feed my company yeah, with yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, and, for sure. And we need capital. Yeah. We need money coming in. Um, no, in that sense, for sure. For me, it's just I feel like with the course right now, I've outsourced as much as I can. So money is not going to help me get yeah. the thing fa done faster. So yeah, 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 I yeah. just rather take my time. Exactly. Yeah. Then you have to just put in the time and, yeah. and effort. Um, cool. I think we're at an hour and a half. Yes. Perfect time to Wrap end it. it. Yeah. Good time talking to you. For sure. And thanks for listening to the end. See you in the next one. Bye.